0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American Patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, and our property, even if you have to be the only one doing it. Well, this is your place. If you want leadership, guidance, and what actually matters and what we can do about it, Daniel Horowitz back here. It is Thursday, and it is Dallas Day for me in our central command. We are recording a very special episode today on, you got it, the magic juice injury, what no other network will bring to you. We will, uh, and this will air Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern next week. By the way, those of you, a lot of you asking me what you can do to help, get the word out with me censored everywhere on social media. Subscribing to The Blaze, because this is going to help us be able to put out uncensored things that go directly to you, subscribers. Um, You get an extra 20% off if you want to hear that show and other similar ones, because we want to do this more regularly. Unsafe, because that is the name of the broadcast. Unsafe. And we're going to have coming up today, Senator Ron Johnson. Um, Really, the only senator I feel like I could talk to that understands the language, that lived through the last two and a half years, that is willing to question, hey, maybe there's some problems here? We're kind of poisoning the people? It's just bizarre. It's like nothing matters with these Republicans. Now, the Senate Republicans are chomping at the bit to promote gay marriage, and I I just don't get it. They're not even pretending to fight for us. It's not like the Obamacare... Tea Party election where they pretended that they were against spending in Obamacare and they were going to re- repeal it. Now they're not even running on issues. They're promoting the Vax, promoting COVID fascism, ignoring it, um, ignoring the inflation that it caused, instead, of talking about inflation as if it were a natural disaster or somehow only Biden's fault. And then one after another, gun control, amnesty, marriage, you know, and, and, and this is crazy. Am I missing something here? Now, anyway, one of the things you do have to worry about with the death rates is sudden adult death syndrome. It's no joke. Life insurance rates are going to go up because they go through actuarial equations. And clearly, there is more of a likelihood of people dying, especially if you had that magic juice. Um, But look, even though I didn't get the magic juice, I realized early on I was not covered enough for life insurance. I have a wife and four kids and I am pretty much the sole income most people need about 10 times more than what they get from their employer uh, how do you how do you shop I mean it's very daunting policy genius has you covered if you go to policygenius.com Daniel you'll get free life insurance quotes um, they'll easily within a couple minutes type in some information boom they spit it back out you they do not sell your information to third parties add extra fees they, they make their money, you know, by helping you. Uh, since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance, placing 120 billion in coverage. Um, you could save 50 percent off or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. I certainly saw I was overpaying, um, and not only that, it's not just kind of some random website. Their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy. So you could call them up. The policy. Genius Team works for you, not the insurance companies, head to policygenius.com slash Daniel to get your free life insurance quotes today, before those rates go up, by the way. So, folks, you know, before we bring on the senator, I, I just want to discuss again what, what this bill is percolating through the Senate past the House. It does to traditional marriage What. Even back in the day when no one bought into this, what the Defense of Marriage Act never did to so-called gay marriage. To be clear, even when nobody had an inkling in our history to not only exalt homosexuality as is, is a great thing, but to somehow call it a marriage and redefine it, but only for that type of sexuality, not for polygamy, not for incest, not for anything else, which could procreate actually, which is bizarre... But at the end of the day, if a state ever wanted to in history for some reason redefine marriage and say we're gonna give a marriage license to two men, two women, whatever, nothing stopped them. Nothing in federal law ever stopped them. The Constitution's silent about it. Okay? And Anthony Kennedy said in 2013 the states have full control over. Marriage. He said that in the Windsor case. Now, he misapplied it because he misapplied it to, um, to Doma and the feds. Remember, there's blue states, there's red states, and then there's the federal government, social security, immigration, military, things that are under their auspices. You know, they have a right to define marriage as, you know, a marriage for their purposes. It never precluded the states from defining marriage as something other than a marriage. Yet this bill that a bunch of Republicans, Tom Tillis from North Carolina, is signing on to prevents states from defining marriage as a marriage. It's unbelievable. This is what they're doing with Biden at a 25% approval rating, and in their states it's even lower than that. Democrats on the ropes, and this is what they're doing for them. And I want to make two more points on this before we go on to, to, uh, to Senator Johnson, number one, at least if you're going to capitulate on this, get something for it. This is a big victory for the Democrats to ban marriage, to ban traditional marriage only. That's a big victory and they need 60 votes in the Senate. So they need 10 Republicans to join that. If you're going to do that, at least strike a grand bargain and fully codify religious and conscience protections that you can never force any institution uh that violates their conscience to hire to you know service gay weddings and things like that business owners bakers florists all that stuff at least if it's really truly live and let live okay you get your paper and we could but it it, it doesn't get forced on us wouldn't that be a sane compromise that especially with the democrats on the ropes people would definitely jump for. even if even if you pre the fact that, yeah, you know, somehow people are just clamoring for gay marriage and Republicans have to give in on that. Wouldn't you at least get religious liberty in exchange? And that's the ultimate compromise that Anthony Kennedy promised and everything and lied about. Nothing. They won't even get that because they don't care. Because again, it wasn't about live and let live. Because it was always live and let live. They were always able to sleep around and have the gay bathhouses and the bars and you could live at home and do whatever you want. That that was never prevented. I mean, certainly not in the modern era, really. Not practically. They wanted to redefine marriage and have that relationship more than premarital sex, more than adultery. You know, look, you can't tell me it's not natural for... uh, you know, married men to look at another married woman and say, look, I have nothing against the current wife, but, uh, you know, that's that's definitely natural that they're going to get roped into that. Do we codify that? Is that, that that that's that's a marriage? No. The answer is that the grooming and the transgenderism and everything we're seeing is not gratuitous to the gay marriage push. It was always part and parcel of that. And that includes you must obey, bake the cake, all of that. I understand intellectually you could say, oh, well, I'm, uh, I don't care so much. You want to give them a marriage license, but you know the other stuff is what I care about. Yeah, but it's absurd to redefine it. And if you're doing it, you're doing it for a reason to elevate it to a national religion, which will trump all social norms, which will trump all uh, familiar ties. And notice, isn't it interesting how everything they do, the outcome seems to be it seems to be the lack of procreation. It's funny. And the answer is, is this is coming from the same toilet as COVID fascism. From the same agenda. Make no mistake about it. They groom you into thinking that was normal. But you should see now, those of you who felt, ah, let it go. I'll go along with that. Now I think you, you understand where it came from and where it's headed. Let me tell you, you will be made to care. So two more public service announcements uh, before the senator. Um, Number one, again, I just want to reiterate promo code unsafe for Blaze subscription. That means you get the entire panoply of everything we offer. But increasingly, we are going to do these um, specials, which, you know, on the one hand, you don't want to put behind a paywall. But on the other hand, that's the only way to speak the truth these days. So, you know, a lot of you are amazingly reaching out to me like, Daniel, how could I help and, you know, support what you're doing with you being censored and not having a way to really grow. This is really the way by subscribing to The Blaze, because this is this is the only way to get this stuff out unmolested by the censors. Then, also, today's interview is sponsored by iTarget Pro, Obviously, a lot of you in blue states like me can now apply for a carrier's permit. So you're definitely going to want to practice your muscle memory. The proper five-point draw from the holster. Trigger alignment, sight alignment, or trigger control, that is. Trigger function, reaction speed. Okay? that costs a tremendous amount of money because you know, you go to the range every time you down a few hundred rounds. That's why I recommend iTarget pros propriety app and laser bullet. So it's a laser dummy bullet. Um, and you, you just, you know, go to itargetpro.com. You look for your caliber, it goes by caliber. So it doesn't matter the model and make it just, if it's nine mil, they have that 45 cal 38 special. They also have the rifle rounds 223 for your AR, Um, And you dump it in there. Make sure you have no other ammo around. You know, you practice all the dry fire safety precautions. They give you this board. You aim your iPhone at it, and you, you download their app, and it renders your shots. It's actually very accurate. And you get their updated version of it. You could even time your draw. So this is something you all need to do if you do want to carry responsibly and be like that hero in Indiana who, who shot the the shooter in, in the Indiana mall. So go to itargetpro.com right now. Save 10% off plus free shipping with offer code CR. As in conservative review, it would make a great gift, a birthday present, a anniversary present. That's the, the letter itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code CR. So, folks, it's beginning to look a lot like 2010. If you look at the political landscape, Um, You obviously have a Democrat Party, just like back then, that is deeply unpopular, uh, facing enormous electoral losses. The only question is how much. And yes, the issue of our time, just like then, is health care. Except there's one difference. Back then, every Republican was united in rhetoric against the out-of-control spending and specifically Obamacare. there was nobody who was ignoring it and certainly everyone was promising to repeal it now what happened there afterwards is a different story but but at least there was a promise bizarrely at this point it's almost as if the last two and a half years never occurred you look at campaign websites you look at the rhetoric you look at the sitting senators and congressmen and governors it's like this never happened and i'm just thinking this is not over with. We need understanding of the treatment. We need understanding of where this came from. We need an understanding of what is up with the shots. Where did they come from? What are they doing? Um, how many people were injured? What are we going to do about that? What what sort of safety measures are we going to put into place? This is not something we can walk away from. Well, there's one senator who has promised not to walk away from it. Uh, two-term Senator uh, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. He's actually running again uh, for office because there's no other voice on this, and we need this voice. And he is with us today at Blaze Media once again. Senator Johnson, and thanks so much for joining us today and being a voice for medical freedom.
1: Daniel, thanks for having me. I do want to give you a shout out. You wrote an excellent article and, and podcast on a pharmacist now being able to prescribe Paxlovid, uh, even though they will not fill the perfectly legal off-label prescriptions of doctors on a range of you know, the, the, the multi-drug uh, protocol to actually treat COVID patients and save their lives. Uh, they won't do that, but now all of a sudden the FDA has given them the ability to prescribe what could be a very potentially dangerous drug. So that's a great article and great podcast you put out on that. I appreciate it. So that's a good place
0: to, to start from, because what What I think, though, is the watershed moment for us here is that we've always known politics is a blood sport in America, and it permeates and predominates everything. So, you know, I wrote an article today about the two-tier justice system. So obviously you'll have, when it comes to a nonviolent misdemeanor for January 6th, it's like, okay, you're thrown in pretrial for a year, but you burn down a cop car in a BLM riot, and they gave a guy, you know, 364 days and they made sure it wasn't 365 because then he would be deportable. And they didn't want that. You know, it's just, okay, it's been done with everything. But this is our bodies. What This two-tiered system of something that is safe and already established, that's trash. But then something that, you know, both with the shots and now we see with Paxlovid, it seems like everything they're pushing is extremely novel extremely unproven. And then the more you go on, seems to both have bizarre problems, but then almost seems like it makes it worse. Obviously, since the vaccines have been out, it's more viral immune escape, more and more variants. And then with Paxlovid, it's become now, you know, just to be expected, this rebound effect. And to this day,
1: I'm not hearing anyone bothered by this. Well, there are a couple of things going on here. Uh, first, uh, the pandemic has opened up some eyes, not a whole lot, but certainly my eyes, in terms of the uh, corruption and capture uh, of our federal health agencies by big pharma. So that's certainly one of the dynamics. The other dynamic going on is just as you were talking about uh, uh, politics. And the left have, have been using... Uh, Solinski's rules for radical for quite some time. You know, isolate somebody, target that that individual, and destroy them. But the way they destroy them is they create this state of fear. You know, pick your subject. Uh, whether it is climate change, uh, the pandemic was a perfect vehicle, probably probably the most perfect vehicle for creating state of fear. I mean, right now they're they're using Roe versus Wade and you know lying about uh, you know their opposition saying that uh, you know people that support uh, the overturning of roe v Wade want to put women in jail and they're opposed to uh, contraceptions and opposed to in vitro fertilization I mean all those things are abject lies but that's what they push because the the radical left is detached from not only the truth but also from reality but they create the state of fear and that's what's happened with uh, with the pandemic they create they create this state of fear and then they have they because they're captured by the big pharma companies, uh, you'll notice the only thing approved are the, the novel, patentable, highly expensive drugs. I, I think about the, the cheapest thing they've, they've recommended is Paxlovid, about 500 bucks a, a treatment. Okay, uh, but all the generic drugs were completely uh, off limits, uh, and they kept them off limits. Uh, Merck, for example, uh, trashed its own the drug that it patented, that they know is unbelievably safe, that is saved you know, millions from, from river blindness, you know, a miracle drug, a Nobel prize winning drug, and then Merck, the company that actually patented that drug, trashed it. The FDA trashed it, uh, even though they knew better. And again, why, w- what, what is going on here? It, it makes so much sense to treat early. We do it for every other disease. I mean, that that's what, you know, as I was pushing early treatment uh, early during the pandemic, um, I could not understand why there was such resistance to it. Uh, different, different theories. Uh, if you had effective therapy, you wouldn't be able to get emergency use authorization on a vaccine. Uh, obviously, a lot more money, billions of dollars in the vaccine, where there is not a whole lot of money to be made in hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or, ivermectin or budesonide or, I mean, the, the, the host, the, the cornucopia of cheap generic drugs that doctors have been using successfully to save lives. But But here's I'll conclude on this note right now, in terms of what we're up against. All the people that sabotage early treatment, all the people that decided on vaccine is the only way out of this, uh, the body count is way too high. Uh, over a million people supposedly, and I, I think the, the body count is overstated, but uh, that's their number. Over a million people in the US. died of COVID or with COVID. Uh, the body count is way too high. They, they, at this point, they can't afford to be proven wrong. But here's the key point, is they have the power to make it almost impossible to prove them wrong. We're talking about the administration, big pharma, the health agencies, the mainstream media, the big tech social media giants, who, by the way, just came out like bandits with all these shutdowns. Uh, So, again, that is the COVID cartel I just described. They are going to do everything to prove that they're not wrong, which means doubling down on their failed response. You know, more, more vaccine boosters, Max, mask the kids up again, shut down, social distance. Uh, it didn't work. You know, it was a, our, our response to COVID was a miserable failure. When is the American public going to wake up to this? You know, a certain percentage has, but a state of fear, creating one is very powerful, uh, because when you create that state of fear, you're government. You know, big problems can only be solved by big government is uh, pretty much uh, their approach. And unfortunately, far too many of our fellow citizens have been lulled into actually believing that. So I do
0: think that at this point, it you sense that people, maybe they're not as informed about the life insurance data and the disability data and all the, you know, 1,250 peer-reviewed studies that show injury from these shots. But I think at a minimum, they recognize these ain't your grandfather's vaccines. And clearly, they're not working by the admission of of our own government officials who are saying, you know, you know. You, you, you better mask up now because it's not working, but it does work and doesn't work at the same time. But the point is, there's no political leadership. And what my, my concern is this. I always know it takes a certain amount of time between the truth coming out and Republicans feeling comfortable to engage on that truth. OK, so we know that. And that's historically been true. But at least privately, are you seeing some of your colleagues start to realize um, there's a problem here?
1: You know, I wish I could say a lot, a couple, a couple. Um, Daniel, again, they've been so effective at creating the state of fear and then destroying anybody that would be pushing back on this state of fear. And so, you know, my colleagues look at me like I'm roadkill. I mean, they've seen what treatment I've received in the mainstream media, in the press, for telling the truth. Uh, they don't want any part of that. You know, let's face it, most members of Congress, they want to get reelected. So they don't, they don't want to be destroyed by the press. So they, they just kind of fall in line, you just say nothing, or they spout the, the company line. But the other thing, too, is the human tendency to, to, to never admit you're wrong. And that's across the board. The people the health agencies, the Fauci's of the world, uh, anybody in government who has helped push the vaccine or even voted for it, Doctors who prescribed it to their patients that they don't want to see the Bayer's data. They, they don't want to believe that maybe something they recommend to their patient just might have killed them overnight. So there's a, there's a blanket, a massive state of denial throughout our society in, in every segment of it. And that's part of the, the difficult nature of trying to break through and get people to recognize at least another opinion, a, a different viewpoint on what's happening. Uh, but it's it's very difficult. I've, I've been battling this for going on you know well over two years now. and it, it, it amazes me how, how people are just pretty well dead set in their opinion on this and they're not going to change it
0: one of the things i hear from some of your colleagues is again anti vax is the new racism they'll they'll throw it anti vax and you know i've always said it's a, it's like saying you're anti antibiotics anti chemotherapy anti i mean it's it's a form of a therapeutic and there's some good ones and there's some you know this this one obviously has problems and you can't make categorical statements Uh, It reminds me of uh, Thomas Sowell used to write about the abstract immigrant. You know, he said, we're a nation of immigrants. So he always said, we're we're a nation of shoes. I mean, you know, what type? I mean, it's got to fit. It's got to make sense. You can't say anything categorical, but nonetheless, that's how they are. You know, vaccine. Okay, just give it the nomenclature vaccine. You're good. But they all say that they're against mandates. But yet, here we have the military to this day is suffering from it, and that doesn't just mean the ones being kicked out, but the new ones. So if you're a 15-year-old, 17-year-old at the time, and you rightfully made the same choice, at, especially at that age of not getting it, you're disqualified. I mean, your father, grandfather might have served, and I know a lot of people like that. Well, you're disqualified. They now have a crisis in recruitment. And at the same time, there's an NDAA percolating through, through Congress, past the House, it's going to the Senate. I've long had a criticism of the GOP, but it's really magnified now that they focus on appropriations and spending, even in authorization. So at some point you got to talk about policy values of the military. What is it? What is it we want out of the military? And I'm not seeing a stomach to even redress this in the NDAA. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, of of all the idiotic uh, elements of the response to COVID, the mandates are probably the worst. Uh, you almost understand them if the vaccines were sterilizing, if they actually worked, like they prevented infection transmission, but they don't. Not at all. Uh, it, it's baffling to me that the, you take a look at Fauci, who's what, quadruple vaxed and boosted, uh, took Paxlovid, had the rebound illness from Paxlovid, and, and yet they're still pushing it off. Um, so the fact that The vaccines don't prevent infection and transmission and that they are so destructive to our military readiness. We already start beginning the pandemic, we already had a severe healthcare worker shortage. Now we just exacerbated. I just wrote an oversight letter. I had some whistleblowers at the Milwaukee VA. Uh, They have their daily reports of a number of new cases within their uh, employment ranks. I mean, there were days when 100% of the new cases were fully vaccinated. You know, most days is a very high percentage because, you know, most most of them did get vaccinated under the mandates. Um, and they're still getting it. And people are still getting sick and they're still dying. Remember Joe Biden, I think it was July of last year, came out publicly and said, listen, if you get the va- it's a pandemic of the unvaxxed. You know, so he started scapegoating right away. Uh, but if you get vaxxed, he said, you're not going to get sick, you're not going to get hospitalized, you're not going to get died. That was a complete lie. He knew it then. I knew it was a lie then. Uh, but... It's not going to challenge a lie. That ought to be like, like President Obama's. Uh, uh, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. That was the big lie of, I think, 2023. Biden's lie about the vaccine ought to be the big lie of 2021. But it won't be because, once again, the media, the big tech social media giants are complicit in this. They're complicit I would argue in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans that didn't need to die because they were denied early treatment. Doctors couldn't get prescriptions for the, this, again, cornucopia of, of drugs using this multi-drug protocol to save lives. Um, that, that's, that's why they can't admit they're wrong. That's why they're going to do everything they can to prevent themselves from being proven wrong.
0: So this leads to the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that's immunity, and not herd immunity, but liability. And I was wondering if, headed forward, assuming Republicans get the majority and you're able to become a chairman. So obviously, I want to get to some of what you have planned in terms of hearings and what questions still need to be answered. But in terms of legislation, what you're describing almost reminds me of a battered woman, where you know, she can't even report the problem because she's scared of the guy. And you know there's like no way out. And I feel like – I, mean, I was canned from Twitter permanently. I'm canned from Facebook. Uh, there's no – this is so sad, but we know that there is literally not a single piece of science or data that could come out that will even stop the mandates, much less get this off the market. Okay, so I mean we had the – I mean this got a pretty nice amount of press even – Uh, 43% in a large survey experienced menstrual irregularities. That immediately should should be cause for investigation. Ah, No problem. Nothing. Nothing seems to matter. Isn't the only way to break through having some sort of reform or repeal of the 1986 Act that uh, exempted them of liability?
1: Yes, but in order to get that, you first need to expose the truth, and people have to be open to it. Um, you talked about a state of fear, kind of referring to the political realm and, and my colleagues. The the far greater state of fear is within medical establishment, doctors, nurses. Uh, the, the, you, know, you see what they're doing to McCulloch and, and Merrick and, and Corey. The American Board of Internal Medicine is going to bring them up in front of a star chamber uh, to strip them of their medical licenses. Now, this is after they've been terminated, fired, sued. I mean, the... the, the COVID cartel is is in overdrive, destroying those people that, you know, have just a different opinion. By the way, as long as I've been alive, I'm 67 years old. I've always heard when you have a serious medical condition, get a second, maybe even a third opinion. Now that's not allowed. And again, doctors know it. Nurses know it. So, you know, hospitals, not only strongly discouraged, will tell people not to report things through the VAERS system. So VAERS is is grossly underreported. We've got more than 29,000 deaths worldwide. Uh, 27% of those is the current figure occurred on day zero, one or two. 1.3 million adverse events. So again, that's underreported. Now, I realize it doesn't prove causation, but when you're dying, you know, the day of, the next day, or the day after uh, vaccination, boy, that sure would be something I'd be investigating. When, When you're hearing these Corner reports about uh, blood clots. When when you're seeing the increase in myocarditis, when you're seeing athletes dropping dead in the field at far higher rates than we've ever experienced. When when you have a new a new syndrome, this one really blows me away. SADS, sudden adult death syndrome. And you see that you know I see the articles written. You know the medical experts are baffled. They they have no explanation for this. I mean that is the most absurd statement. It's like well, let's see, SADS started in what the year 2021. Is there Daniel, can you think of anything that we changed when it came to public health in the year 2021? And hmm, I can hear the Jeopardy uh, background <laughs> music because I just, guys, I can't think. Of any, how about 500 million doses of an experimental genetic therapy relabeled a vaccine? Maybe, maybe we ought to look into that. seeing as the safety surveillance system is, you know, flashing red alert. Uh, And now we have this new syndrome called sudden adult death syndrome, and the medical experts are baffled by it. I'm not baffled by it at all.
0: It almost seems like the rules don't apply to pharma. I mean, theirs is not some random thing. That was the deal in exchange for granting them immunity was to have a surveillance system. And by the way, biannual reports to Congress um, on how they're updating safety. My understanding is a FOIA from 2018 showed those things were never, ever done never got off the ground after 1986 they there's no accountability and then no liability but they're mandated distributed partnered with and funded by the federal government there's no there's no enlightened consent there's no way around it um what do you think you can do in the coming months uh and do you think you'll have a little bit more leverage in a majority to to, to you know do anything about this to shed light on it
1: well, if I survived re-election, I would become, and we get the majority, I'd become Chairman of the Permanent Subcommittee Investigation. I've already written 42 oversight letters to the health agencies, to the Defense Department, you know, anybody involved in this on some aspects of COVID. So I've laid the foundation for what my oversight work will be. Um, so so that, that's, you know, the, the first thing you need to do is you, you need to get the information you need to expose it. Here's a good piece of news. Uh, I only saw uh, Dr. McCary's. Uh, article about people just quitting the agencies in disgust. Uh, I've got to hope that some of these individuals will be men and women of conscience who will come forward and tell us the truth about what's been happening in these agencies, how, how science has been uh, completely ignored, you know, how, how when bad news comes in, they're probably looking the other way and you know, just lying to us. I mean, it is to me unbelievable what Dr. Burks is revealing in her book. It, it just shows the impunity they feel they can, they can do this, you know, undertake this uh, miserably failed response with. That, that. She actually admits that she was just making things up, that she got in reports and they would, they would fix them and you know, send them out you know, oblivious of what the real data was. They were just making things up. They were lying to the President of the United States. And she's talking about this openly in the book. I would think that'd be something she'd want to take to her grave. But she's bragging about it because they can feel pretty confident that the mainstream media, the big tech social media giants, the people in the agencies, Big Pharma will back them up. That's why they think they can get away with this. Uh, Our task, and it's a a really tall order, Dan, you, you know, I mean, you're one of the few journalists that are you know, putting your neck out on this. Uh, our task would be to try and break through and get more more Americans to open up their eyes and, and be willing to consider a, a different a different narrative on this, uh, consider actually paying attention to the truth.
0: And obviously, it, this is nothing short of life and liberty. I mean, there are so many crazy things going on economically, the crime, the border, uh, it, It's a culturally. We've never lived in a time like this. But as crazy as those issues are, we all keep coming back to this because you can't live. This is life and liberty at its most basic component. Um, but there is an economic dynamic. And I want to get the economic angle from you. Um, every one of your colleagues in unanimity of opinion. Um, oh, Biden's horrible. Biden inflation, Biden inflation, inflation, this, inflation, that. And obviously, look, you know, um, Biden makes Jimmy Carter look like Thomas Jefferson And, you know, he shut down our energy sector. We all get that. But the reality is, as you mentioned, you were talking about treatment. You know, I remember that within the first few months when, you know, even before Ivermectin, when you had Dr. on talking about steroids. And I was just thinking recently, this point hasn't been made enough. Had we done this early on, rather than funding pharma, a lockdown, a shutdown, we literally, it was over $10 trillion between the, the fiscal and the monetary stuff, 10.6 or so trillion. They're unwinding a little bit of the bond buying, but it's over 10 trillion, okay? And then it's not just funding $10 trillion. It's you, they funded and an underwrote a lockdown of supply chains. So you literally funded record amounts of cash ch- chasing record low numbers of products. Okay, that's that that's textbook definition of inflation, Every Republican will look you in the eye and say inflation's a problem, but none of them will identify this is the culprit, that had we focused on early treatment rather than all this, we could have avoided the economic damage from day one. How are we confident that they've learned the lesson for the future?
1: Well, I'm, I'm not confident. I mean, I, I was there. Uh, I saw the CARES Act, which I held my nose and voted for, go from $750 billion in and span out of seven to 10 days that ballooned to 2.2 trillion. Now we had to do something fast. We had to do something massive, uh, signal the markets, we weren't going to let them collapse. But that's the last COVID relief package I voted for because every, every new one we voted for, there's always about a trillion dollars left unspent from the previous one. So I was concerned about the inflationary impact of that deficit spending pretty early on during the pandemic. But again, you've got uh, so many members of Congress that uh, willingly voted for that. Do You think the people that wrote that legislation are going to admit they were wrong? you think they're going to do rigorous oversight on it? So I always tell people, be, be careful when you ask for bipartisan action. One thing <laughs> Congress is very good at doing in bipartisan fashion, which is mortgaging our children's future, spending money that we don't have, and then never really looking back and, and asking, was that money well spent? I, I would say, by and large, a lot of it wasn't. A lot of that money was wasted. And, you know, I, I remember going into Senate lunches and talking about the testimony of uh, but well, this was in May when I had uh, Johnny Unitas just trying to put things in perspective off the Princess Cruise, in terms of what the eventual infection fatality rate would be to, it's, this isn't Ebola, it's not SARS, it's not MERS, this is going to be more like a bad flu season probably, unless you're elderly, unless you're vulnerable. I remember talking about corticosteroids. I remember talking about hydroxychloroquine. I remember about talking about ivermectin. Now, I, I remember how confident Pierre Cory was in, before our December hearing. He said, you know, he's got their manuscript. They've got all this, all these, uh, Studies and stuff. The who's going to look at this? Uh, just get this to the NIH and get this pandemic over. And I loved his enthusiasm, but I I, I remember crossing me at the time, saying, you know, you know, Dr. Corey, I, I've been doing this for a few months now. Um, don't hold your breath, because because I was there with a r- constant, a, a regular communication with the CEO of Novartis, who produced hydroxychloroquine, talking about he was t- telling me, oh yeah, we got about a dozen studies here, and up until mid-April. And then I never talked to him since it flip switched at which point this, you know, within the big pharma, they must've determined what we're going to do here now, folks, let's everybody get on board now. What we're going to do is we're going to come with a vaccine. We've always wanted a universal mac vaccine. Here's our opportunity. So shut up, shut down, uh, design studies to fail on generic drugs that could treat people. And it's all vaccine, full speed ahead, and vaccine. That's my only interpretation of how, again, it was just like a, a light switch went off about mid-April of 2020 when all of a sudden, I mean, they were trashing uh, hydroxychloroquine as soon as ivermectin came out, they trashed that. I mean, I, I imagine you're aware of the, uh, the famous Zoom call between Tess Laurie and Andrew Hill. Where he was assigned by uh, the WHO to really take a look at generic drugs came out initially very positive on ivermectin. It just looked, you know, like it was going to be everything that Pierre Cory talked about. And then within six days after a what a 30 or 40 million dollar grant that uh, his co-author at the University of Liverpool got from UNITAID, all of a sudden the conclusion was basically 180 degrees different, and it, it also tanked ivermectin. And he knew it would and you could tell by the zoom call he felt guilty about it but full speed ahead he said it was complicated big outweigh, there were guess, there were complications the
0: the many. <laughs> you know and, and 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 those were the complications and 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 you know senator johnson i'm very i am very scared about this issue not just in the context of covid I, I know it opened up your eyes it opened up my eyes and I think that's why you and I are so confident about this because we didn't have preconceived notions like we do about other political ideal ideologue driven I- issues I had I never knew about this stuff I never studied it we stumbled into it and one thing that scares me based on seeing that if something is cool even if it's dangerous they'll push it and if something is life-saving um they'll 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 block it. We, we have dumped, and I once looked up the number, I mean, it's it's an obscene amount of money into cancer research since the 1960s. And what scares me is some of the same doctors that I know you're associated with. I've had people that have had issues with cancer, and unfortunately, that seems to be growing more common, too, uh, by the day. And I was floored at how many ideas they had. You know, g- 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 chemotherapy will ravage the body, it's, it's a big risk. This is stuff that literally it, the worst it can do is nothing. No side effects. And they have all these off-label ideas. Low-dose naltrexone on this. And then I look it up online. I'm like, wow, there's really good stuff on this. But it's always missing one thing. So it has in vitro animal, some human observational. But it will miss a large randomized controlled trial in one of the cool journals. And that's because the only ones who have the money to do it our government and big pharma going forward don't we need to siphon a percentage of that funding to exclusively fund existing fda approved drugs and mixtures our large rcts and find out the truth of what works for autoimmune what works for alzheimer's what works for cancer
1: we first need to open our minds and we we have to understand by the way i've I've never been critical of big pharma I remember in 2010, and my campaign consultant said, "Don't say that again." I said, "You know what? You know, am I the only one that wants a new life-saving drug that people need to make billions to create these new molecules?" So I, I've never, you know, I've never had a problem with big pharma actually making money. They need to make money. I'm a capitalist. I'm a private sector guy. But again, in the pandemic, my my eyes have been opened up. So that's the first thing: people yeah. have to open their minds. But they're very effective at. Trashing anything that's outside of what they're working on—that's going to be an expensive, novel, patentable drug. And so, so they're they're going out and they're under, and I've seen this. I've I've witnessed this with medical researchers I'm talking to who can't get published. They're denied independent review boards for their work. And there are there are forces at play. There are organizations that have very influential people that can block research being. Uh, Published. You know, let, let's face it, you you have the the surgisphere. Completely fraudulent study. How, how, did that, how did that get on, Lancet? Um, and, you know, we also have trials designed to fail. I mean when when you're administering ivermectin for three days at a very low dose, that's not how it's being used. But they they conduct a study that way, all they're looking for is conclusion that it didn't have an impact, and there you go, we told you ivermectin's horse medicine. Uh, so you know, I've seen it up close and personal. I've seen the corruption in medical research, in medical science, in the medical journals. The capture by big pharma of our health care agencies. Uh, I've I've seen it up close and personal. I've seen I've witnessed the individual instances of it. But it's going to start with opening people's minds to how corrupt the process has been. I, again, I, I hate saying this. I, I'm a private sector guy. I, I'm, I'm not inclined to. You know, talk about corruption in big business, um, but that's the only conclusion I can come into. And then it's the corruption of big business working with big government and yes. denying us all of our freedoms. You know, big, you know, big bureaucrats with all this power, Yes, uh, Fauci with all of his grant-making authority, and then larger hospital organizations that uh, uh, can lord over doctors. Bottom line, we need to reestablish doctors at the top of the treatment pyramid. They are the ones yes. that take the Hippocratic Oath. Their primary responsibility is to their patient, not to their hospital, not to their medical organization, not to Fauci. And they're right now they're being crushed at the bottom of the treatment pyramid. That's, that's what has to change.
0: It's funny how I think we all went through that evolution, and I don't think it's fundamentally changing principles, but one of my big items on healthcare policy was always, man, we regulate all these things and we can't get drugs out. But I think there's, there needs to be a dual track. There's one thing if you do create something on your own volition, but then there's another thing when the government partners with it, markets it, distributes it, shames people into it, and that's even before you get into a straight mandate, and then absolves them of any degree of liability that Toyota would get with all their, you know, you always have these car recalls, the airbags, and any product you would have, you can't have it both ways. That's fascism. That's not free market. Um, yes. So I think that's, so, so that's Mandy, really the problem. Right, we're
1: going to have to go revisit what we've done in terms of this blank immunity. Uh, There's so much that we need to expose, but we're going to have to continue this. I've got to go vote, but I would, I would love to come on and talk to you again. One of the things we have to do is we've got to make the public aware of what these vaccines really are, what the mechanism is, why we may be seeing these adverse events. It's the thing we never really got to in my five hour long second opinion event. We just ran out of time. We barely scratched the surface. Same thing's happening in this podcast. Have me back on, and we'll be back Take care.
0: August 3rd. August 3rd is your next event, all right?
1: Okay, take care. Take
0: care. So anyway, folks, that was Senator Ron Johnson, and I think you hear it in his voice. You hear the sincerity. He is really bothered by this issue. The question is, why is there only one freaking man bothered by this issue? You know, as as we're talking with the senator, news is coming across the wires. I'm sure you all see it. The president of the United States has COVID after four shots. And of course, he's taking the Pfizer-Paxlovid. See, now they can no longer say, oh, it's good that I had the shot. It would have been worse. Now it's, it's good I took Paxlovid. It would have been worse. But the reality is, is it this hard for Senator Johnson's colleagues, for Mitch McConnell and Cornyn and Thune and all these guys to get up there at a press conference and say, we have a defense authorization bill percolating right now, okay? Defense authorization bill and it is authorizing the military to kick out 2025 20, year veteran navy seals for not getting a shot that the commander in chief of the united states armed forces just got the virus after getting four of those freaking things is it that hard for republicans to stand up but no they're on the other side of this and you know broadly speaking you find at this time Not just on COVID. It's amnesty, it's gun control, and now gay marriage. Can you imagine that? The Democrats are the worst off ever. People want change. And they're giving them the redefinition of marriage. Looks like it's going to pass in the Senate. You already have four Republicans there that say blatantly they're going to do it. They need 10 votes, and I'm sure they'll get it. And again, they won't even at least get religious liberty for it. Just bizarre. And by the way, you've noticed, if you look at the real clear politics average for the generic congressional ballot, the GOP elite is only down to 1.8. It's gone down. Which is pathetic because, if anything, over the last few months, the economy has gotten worse, inflation has gotten worse, you would think it would, it would swing against the Democrats. So, it's not even a matter of, oh, they're squandering a victory. They're actually not even going to win that much if they keep this up, but I don't care. But another interesting point I want to make that the senator kept bringing up the irremediable corruption between government and pharma. And, you know, he talked about, he liked my article that I wrote juxtaposing the safe, long-standing, safe, effective, FDA-approved drugs, a doctor can't even prescribe, but yet when it comes to a new bioweapon like Paxlovid, a pharmacist can now prescribe without a doctor, even though it has a bunch of contraindications, and the pharmacist would have to start practicing medicine and say, hey, I'm going to take you off the statin for a week, put you on Paxlovid, which it's illegal for them to do that. So we're starting to find this, and I've warned you guys this, and I have spoken to the senator about it privately, there is something we're watching that they're going to try to take away vitamins and supplements. So as they continue to push and promote bioweapons, guess what they're going to do? Guess what they're going to do? They're going to take away very safe and effective and important supplements. This is from Dr. Mercola, He has an article out from earlier this week. And he goes through all the different ways that they're under assault. But as they deregulate bioweapons, they're going to regulate vitamins like drugs. There's a discussion draft of an FDA authorization bill that's percolating through the United States uh, Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee called HELP in May. And the, I'm going to read to you a report from a, uh, by Vitamin Retailer. On May 17, 2022, the United States Senate Help Committee released a discussion draft of its legisla- legislation to reauthorize the FDA user fee for drugs, biologics, and medical device packages, which includes the controversial and divisive Durbin-Brown pre-market approval concept and more that would be damaging to the industry, according to the National Products Association. The NPA is significantly concerned with Chair Murray and Republican leader Burr, who failed to reject the radical and dangerous legislation from Senators Durbin and Brown, by the way, a Republican from Indiana, that would require pre-market approval for dietary supplements and weaken key privacy protections of the Bioterrorism Act, which protects the dietary supplement supply chain. Last time I checked, dietary supplements are not drugs, biologics, or medical devices. So why Congress or anyone supporting non-germane legislation that will only add cost to consumers who are doing all they can to stay healthy is extremely troubling. Groups who have supported this legislation have stated there are protections for technical disagreements with the FDA, like those with hemp and whatever. But the point is, this is big pharma. I'm telling you, they're going to take away our vitamin C, our NAC. They're already going after NAC. They're going after B6. B6. And also, he notes that um, there's about a dozen or so pharma companies that are taking over, gobbling up these smaller vitamin and supplement uh, makers. So that's another way they're going to choke it off, and they're just not going to make it available. Meaning, it's a smart move, if you think about it, to spend the money to buy up the small fish, the dietary supplements, the the vitamins, so it makes people sicker so then you could sell them your more expensive drugs and even bioweapons it's actually a pretty good tactic if you think about it but the point is this is what Republicans are doing look it up this is is the Durbin-Brown provision those of you who are Indiana this is Senator Brown, he ran as a conservative why is he doing this? it's truly disgusting what is so hard for Republicans to stand for health freedom? By the way, there's more news out. There's a study out from the United Arab Emirates. Okay? The UAE. And it's published in the Frontiers of Medicine. It was a survey of about, you know, 2,000 or so. I don't have it in front of me. 2,000 or so people who got the Pfizer shot, and then one of these others that aren't available in the U.S. And maybe a handful got AstraZeneca, but it was mainly Pfizer. And they asked them, hey, you know, what was your situation with adverse events? So off the bat, it turns out that about 48% had systemic adverse events. So meaning not just the injection site pain, but muscle aches, nausea, fever, headaches, very... Comment. So again, right off the bat, you have a new product that is associated with tons of problems, no long-term safety, and people get that. I mean, it happens, but not such a large percentage. You don't usually find that. That in itself should have always been disturbing. What is it doing to your body? You know, again, there's something that's been proven safe over 30 years, but it tends to make you know give people a headache, even fever, chills for a day. But you understand the mechanism, you understand why it's doing that, okay, whatever. But when you don't, and you know affirmatively that it actually is very dangerous and causes much worse things, the fact that such a wide swath of the population, you know, up to half the people getting it, get some sort of flu, cold-like, malaise illness from it, that in itself demonstrates there's something wrong going on there. But the the headline here is, 5% sought medical attention, meaning either the hospital or a doctor's consultation. 5%, do you understand what 5% is? And again, I believe this wasn't unique people, it was doses. There's 500 million, no, 600 million doses have been administered in the US. So 5% felt that at least they need to call the doctor from it. do you know what that is? 5% of 600 million? Okay. That's a big deal. That's that's like 30 million doses worth. Got to at least the point where you would have to call a doctor. And folks, let's not forget. I want to go over with you the Israeli survey again, because we might have forgotten it. A lot of people have forgotten this. This was a, you know earlier in the year. The Israeli health ministry published a survey of about 2,000 random Israelis who received booster shots. So again, these are just from that one dose of the booster shot. A lot of people got 3, 4, so the risk goes up exponentially. But it turned out Seventy-five percent of women and 58 percent of men reported report experiencing at least one side effect. OK, say, a lot of them are minor. But 51 percent of women and 35 percent of men said that they had difficulty performing daily activities. Consistently, you see women have more of a hard time. Theirs shows this is all over the place. Um, that's insane. That is insane. That 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 alone demonstrates that there's a problem. Okay, then then you move on. You move on. And 5.5% reported experiencing chest pain. That that's a pretty big deal. Okay? That again would be about 35 million doses worth. In the US, if you would extrapolate that, a total of 4.5% of those who received booster doses reported neurological side effects. Okay, again, that would be roughly, you know, 25, 30 million in the US. And then. 0.5% reported Bell's palsy. A full half a percent. Dude, that would be 3 million doses worth in the U.S. And here's the kicker. 0.3% reported being hospitalized within 30 days. And remember, this is just short-term. These are all short-term, so it won't rope in anything long-term. 0.3% hospitalization. Okay. Remember, the UAE report has 5% were either hospitalized or sought a doctor. Most of those presumably were just kind of the outpatient doctor level. 0.3% is insane for a product approved, much less endorsed, made a sacred idol, and then mandated. And then the denominator, 0.3%. I forget, it was it a 1 billion, 2 billion people had it in the world? But let's go back to doses, because this is what what this is doses 0.3% let's do the math here 600 million doses okay so that's like close to 2 million 0.3% would be close to 2 million doses worth okay not unique individuals because some would have multiples got nailed the same person might have gotten nailed but 0.3%. That's 2 million. And remember, there's 2.9 million additional people on the disability uh, who, who self-reported to the Department of Labor as being disabled in 2021. According to the Israeli survey, um, roughly 24% of people with pre-existing autoimmune diseases reported having more issues, a flare-up of their autoimmune. Right, This, This is not okay. This is not okay at all. And yet, Senator Johnson's the lone ranger. What we're doing is not working. Again, I call upon all my colleagues... We need to get together, pray together, strategize together. What are you going to do? Because the Republican Party is part of the problem. They are literally redefining marriage while the Democrats destroy this country. So again, I'm in in Dallas today at our Central Command. We're taping a special on, just for play subscribers, on vaccine injury. It's going to air Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern If you want to get 20% off, now's the time to subscribe. You could get all of our content unsafe, simply unsafe. That's what it is. I'm proud to work with people that are willing to stand up to this, but we got to grow this movement. Um, As always, leave us a five-star rating uh, with iTunes. It does help. I have no way of promoting this through uh, Twitter or Facebook, and my company can't anymore because then they'll all get banned So the reality is I need you guys to be the ambassadors for this show, for the truth. Um, We are on Telegram is where you're going to find me most often. C19, Truth Bombs. That's where where, where you'll find me. I mean, you'll be able to find my name there, but that's the channel you want to see. Let's grow that channel. Let's grow the truth. And the rest is all for God. Outcomes are for God. But let's at least be part of a movement that's standing for the right things, saying the right things, promoting and strategizing things that are within God's word rather than the opposite and then just complaining about the Democrats like some of these other phony conservatives do but um, I'm sorry to disappoint you I will be traveling back tomorrow so we're going to take a long weekend off so I will be back Monday same time same place folks truth is power knowledge is power till Monday God bless y'all and thank you for listening